Well, good morning. Not only do I wholeheartedly agree with everything that Dana just shared about our kids, I double, triple wholeheartedly agree. Um, I like 199% agree, and especially where it comes to our kids seeing us worship as adults. They need to see that what we have with Jesus is real. They need to see that this isn't just something we do on Sunday morning. This is a real relationship with God. And, and then just talking about Mega Sports Camp for just a second, again, if you've been thinking about, just even thinking about, boy, I'd, I'd like to do something more. I'd like to get involved in ministry somehow. I'm scared. I, I, don't, know, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do This is a great opportunity to get your feet wet. You get to have fun with the kids. It's, very, it's sports related. Maybe that's all you do is sports. Man, this is perfect for you. We need someone who can kick a ball, throw a ball, do, do whatever. You know, this is a great opportunity to get involved in ministry. And so highly encourage you to fill out that, uh, fill out that card. And as uh, Dana said, we'll hunt you down. <laughs> and it'll be awesome. Afterwards, you'll go, I am so glad I did that. I'm so glad I did that. It'll just open the door to more things that God will use you in. Well, as I was preparing for this message, um, what I'm going to tell you about in just a second really happened a few weeks ago. But I, I, uh, most of the time, what you'll find from me is I'm preparing uh, messages, not messages, messages, not only days in advance, sometimes weeks and even months in advance. I'm praying about what God would have me share. And this was an instance that actually happened a few weeks ago. And I thought, man, we got to, we got to talk about this because impressions, the impressions that we make on people are so important and they can be so life-giving. And um, we'll just, I got to go to my notes or we'll never get there. Recently, recently I, I met a stranger via a friend of a friend who was there the night that God healed me of a complete disability almost 23 years ago. So this was a friend of a friend who was there that night. Called me on the phone. Didn't know this person. Just called me out of the blue. He happened to be talking to his friend who was there the night I was healed on Facebook. So he was was chatting back and forth with this friend on Facebook uh, to a person that he's never met in person, but he just happened to be friends with them on Facebook. Any of you have friends on Facebook you don't really know? Okay, so there's what happened. This guy didn't really know this guy, but this, this other guy was there the night I was healed. They're chatting on Facebook. And this guy who was there the night that I was healed referred this person to me, and he actually contacted me. He said, would it be okay if this guy called you? I said, sure, that'd be awesome. So this guy called me to tell me of his battle that he was currently struggling with with a disability in his life. And, and I listened to his story and I encouraged him that while it is always God's will to heal, the greatest healing is forgiveness of our sins. When we receive, when we believe that Jesus died for us, that his resurrection was for us and it's enough, that's the greatest healing we can receive. Now, I didn't drop it there. Of course, I prayed with him for healing over the phone. 
And I prayed asking God to heal him, to bring glory to his name. And at the end of our conversation, he thanked me for the prayer. He thanked me for the conversation. And admittedly, I never expected to hear from him again unless, of course, he was healed. Because I said to him, now, when God heals you, not if, I said, when God heals you, call me back and tell me because I want to give him the glory. And uh, I, I honestly... Uh, because of the conversation with him, I, I knew that he wasn't a believer, and, and I just I thought he'd never call back. And so um, I expected to never heal from him again. Well, he called about a week later to tell me that he was doing much better. He didn't say, I'm healed, but he said, I'm doing much better, but my father unexpectedly died. Wow. Well, this, of course, it offered the opportunity to share Jesus with him again and to pray with him again. And, and while I still don't know if he decided to follow Jesus, he asked for prayer again. And I can't help but wonder how soon or if I'll hear from him again. One just never knows how we affect strangers, the impression we'll leave upon their lives. And I've come to believe that the things that Jesus has done in our lives, they're not just for us. They're not just for us. Yeah, we get to, we get to live in the glory of them, but really he does them so that the lives of others can be changed, can be drawn to him, can be transformed. We've all likely heard the statement, it was probably your mother who said it, <laughs> We only have one chance to make a first impression. Anybody heard that statement? We only have one chance to make a first impression. We all have daily encounters with others that we'd probably call strangers chance meetings. When that happens, have you ever felt a nudge from the Holy Spirit that this person you just met, you don't even know them, but somehow their story seems like it might be similar to yours? That they might need prayer for the same things that you've encountered in your life. They might need healing or restoration or they, they just might need Jesus. Do you ever ask people to tell them, to tell you their story? Do you ever say to them, tell me your story. I want to hear your story. People love to tell their story. I guarantee you, if you say to someone, tell me your story, unless they are really unusual people, they will tell you their story, right? And so people love to tell their story. And if we ask them about their story first, they are likely to be willing to listen to ours. You know, if we go to them and say, let me tell you about what Jesus did in my life, that's the opener to the conversation, right? I mean... I'm going to tell you, years ago when I didn't know Jesus, I probably would have closed off immediately and said, well, that's wonderful for you, great program for you, but I'm not interested, right? But if we open our conversation with them and we're genuinely interested and we say, tell me your story, that opens their mind, it opens their heart, it opens their spirit to receive what you can share with them later. And we're going to look in, in uh, John chapter 4 to see what God's word has to say about this. 
Pastor Zach, he is such a champion. Not only did he take our kids to camp, but I sent him all these scriptures, and I said, really, it's basically all of chapter 4. And it's not, but it's, it's a lot, so just read along with me. And if you don't have your Bible with you, it'll be on the Sky Bible behind me. John chapter 4, starting at verse 1, it says, Now Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Although, in fact... It was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. So he left Judea, and he went back once more to Galilee. Now, he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water... Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. And the Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. In the message version, there's a little note there that says, Jews in those days wouldn't be caught dead talking to Samaritans. That's what the message version says. Gives you a little context, right? A little background here. Samaritans were a mixed race of descendants, and they were seen as leftovers, They were seen as leftovers by the Jews. They were a result of the intermarriage of Old Testament Israelites and then the Assyrians who came to conquer them. Because of this, they were considered spiritually inferior to the Jews. Don't we do this sometimes? What do you mean, Pastor Bob? We're all guilty of judging people based on their history or their color or their appearance. Well, maybe none of you. I've done it. We allow a first impression to keep us from a relationship. We look at them and we go, oh, I'm not sure. (laughs) Right? Come on, one of you is agreeing with me. I know that more of you, that that's what's happened in your heart. You look at them and go, I'm not sure. And here's the thing, you know, that note in the message version says that Jews wouldn't be caught dead talking to a Samaritan, but even more so, they wouldn't be caught, if it was a man, wouldn't be caught dead talking to a woman. This is the culture of that time. And not only did Jewish men not talk to women, sometimes they didn't even talk to their wives. Oh, So, Jesus answers here. Here he is talking, he's engaging this Samaritan woman in conversation. He answers her, and he says in verse 10, If you knew the gift of God and who it is asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Jesus wasn't talking about water from the well. He's talking about new life. He's talking about transformation. He's talking about relationship. He's talking about eternal change to this woman. He's inviting her to have relationship 
with him. And we'll find that this was something that this woman obviously needed. She needed relationship with Jesus. She says in verse 11, Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank it from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming back here again to draw more water. He told her, go and call your husband and come back. Notice here in the story, Jesus has taken some time to build relationship with her. They've had conversation, and he starts to ask some questions about her, who she is, and then he cuts to the chase, and he points out her need for a savior. She says, I have no husband, she replied, verse 17. Jesus said to her, you're right when you say you have no husband. And he wasn't being, he wasn't being mean. He wasn't being vindictive. He just, you're right. You have no husband. In fact is, you've had five husbands. And the man you now have is not your husband. What you've said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you're a prophet. Our ancestors worshiped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is Jerusalem. See, she recognizes, she recognizes there's something in Jesus that she wants and needs. And when she says, sir, you're a prophet, she's acknowledging a presence, a presence of God. Even if she doesn't know what that is, she's acknowledging it. And, and speaking of worship, I am certain that you will be amazed to learn that Jesus was not assemblies of God or Catholic, or Lutheran, or Baptist, or Presbyterian, or you fill in the blank. Also, some will be surprised to hear that there is no right place to worship. We can worship anywhere. In fact, God's word calls us to a lifestyle of worship. What we do here together is awesome, but What we are to do when we leave here is to have a lifestyle of worship that draws others to him. And and when someone says to you they're bored at church, when you finally get to that part of the conversation and they say they're bored at church or they're not interested in going to church, it's often because they don't have a relationship with Jesus. You know, as we were, it just makes me think about, man, it's the way, amazing the way the Holy Spirit works. Because I had no idea what we're singing this morning. And then at the end, we're, we're saying the name Jesus. And, and when we say it, and we say it again, and we say it again, the Spirit just wells up within us. Well, if we don't have relationship with Him, and we say the name Jesus, it probably doesn't do anything. Right? But it's because of this relationship with Jesus that we want to go to church. 
You see, for me, ever since I came to know Jesus, church was a get-to instead of a have-to. As a kid, it was a have-to. I I grew up in a church where we were there 25 minutes early. We were dressed to the nines, and we were not allowed to make a sound or move or breathe. (laughs) I kid you not. Church was not a great experience for me as a kid. And so I took that into adulthood. But then when I came to know Jesus, all of a sudden church became a get-to. And I will tell you, my heart, my passion for kids' ministries, youth ministries. You know what? If our kids come here and it's a get-to, they're more likely to have a lifestyle of worship throughout the rest of their life. This is the opportunity for them to meet Jesus with skin on in you and you and you and you. You may not do kids' ministry, but they see you. They see you worship. They see your excitement to come and be a part of what God's doing. It draws them. It becomes a get-to. Man, you're getting a couple sermons in one here. I'm sorry. I've gone off. No extra charge. So... Verse 21 through 24, woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth for they're the kind of worshipers the Father speaks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and truth. I I want to transition to the message version for just a second again and and reread part of this passage. It says in verse 23, It's who you are and the way you live that count before God. It's who you are and the way you live that count before God, your worship must engage your spirit in the pursuit of truth. That's the kind of people Father is out looking for. Those who are simply and honestly themselves before him in worship. God is sheer being itself, spirit. Those who worship him must do it out of their very being, their spirits, their true selves in adoration. And so if that's the case, how can we help but go out of these doors and not be living a lifestyle of worship? If it's a part of our being, if it's a part of who we are, it's a part of our spirit. And what Jesus is saying here is worship is from the heart, exhibits deep inner devotion. It's not worship by rote. I love that phrase, worship by rote. The first time I heard that, rote, what is that? Is it just the wrong spelling of right? Or worship by rote. Worship by rote means you sing the words by heart with no feeling. So singing your favorite song but feeling nothing while you do it. Jesus is saying it's it's not worship by road. It's not worship by tradition. He's looking for people who manifest worship at work, at school, everywhere we go. He is looking for people whom on your first impression you'd say of them, wow, they're different. 
Not, wow, they're weird, okay? You know, having, having a lifestyle of worship, having being full of the Holy Spirit, moving in the gifts of the Spirit, that's not weird. It doesn't have to be weird. It's a lifestyle of worship. And people meet you for the first time and they, and they leave the conversation, they go, wow, something about that person is different and I want what they've got. I want what they have. He's called us to be people <laughs> that love Jesus. And just like Jesus is talking to this Samaritan woman, He's doing the same with us. He wants relationship. He wants relationship. And deep down, we all want relationship. Even when we have been deeply hurt by other people in our lives. You, I, I don't know what's happened in your life. And you may have had some really incredibly difficult things happen. And you're probably saying right now, Pastor Bob, I really don't want relationship. <laughs> But you know what? If you just let the Holy Spirit speak to you and you listen to him deep down, you want relationship. You want right relationship. You want healthy relationship. You want the kind of relationship that Jesus has to offer. And face it, the people who we meet, you know, I started this message talking about a a Facebook relationship. (laughs) But... The people we meet, that we meet day to day, face to face, person to person, they are looking for people who are real. They're looking for people who are real. They're looking for people whose lives manifest a lifestyle of worship. People who will manifest worship at work, at school, everywhere we go. Back to our story, Jesus is talking about relationship And the woman says in the message version, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. And what an understatement of the century. Because this woman has had five husbands and now she's living with a six. She she doesn't know about relationship. In fact, she's never probably had real relationship. She says, I don't know about that. But then she says... I do know that the Messiah is coming, and when he arrives, we'll get the whole story. See, even people who don't have relationship with Christ, deep down, they know that Jesus is real, they know his God is real, and if you have a conversation to a deep enough level, it will come to the surface. She admits a Messiah is coming. You know, most people outside of a relationship with God will admit that there is something or someone greater than themselves. They might not identify it as God or Jesus, but they'll admit there's more than what they've got. So back in verse 25, the woman says, I don't know about that. I do know that the Messiah is coming, and when he arrives, we'll get the whole story. And then Jesus says, I am he. Can you imagine That moment, I am he. You don't have to wait any longer or look any further. Just at that moment, here Jesus 
has made connection with this woman. There's relationship being built. She's ready to receive what Jesus has. And the disciples come back. They were shocked. They couldn't believe he was talking with that kind of woman. Guys, that kind of woman was, she was just a Samaritan. She was just, she was a person. But the disciples, they were so caught up in their culture, in the culture of religion, not relationship, culture of religion. Culture of religion says we can't associate with that person. Culture of relationship says I want to have relationship with that person. So they were shocked. They couldn't believe he was talking with that kind of woman. No one said what they were all thinking, but their faces showed it. That's my shocked face. <laughs> and then read this. This is what is sad. But it, it, it gets good. The woman says, that it, their faces showed it. The woman took the hint and left. Wow. I don't know about you, but that just immediately bums me out. She has had this Jesus moment. She's recognized he's the Messiah. And in come the followers of Jesus and give her the look. And suddenly, that lie that's in her mind, her spirit, her heart says to her, you're not worthy. You can't be here with these people. And in her her confusion, she left the water pot. You guys, that was a big deal. I mean, the water pot was the sustenance for her family. But she was just, I mean, she's had this relationship experience with Jesus. And then she's kind of, they didn't say it. They just gave her the look. And she, she leaves a bit in a panic. So here's the, here's the bright side of the story here. I don't want to leave it in a a down because it's not a down. Even though she was mistreated by the disciples, Jesus had made an impression, an impression on a stranger, an impression that told her that not only did she have value, but that this person talking to her was interested in relationship with her. I go back to at the beginning where it says strangers matter. The people we run into every day, they matter. They have value. No matter how they look, what they've done, all of the things that we can, we can look at them and go, I'm not so sure. I want relationship. Strangers matter. Impressions matter. And impressions matter to, to coworkers and to friends. And, and look at what the woman does. Even though she's received the look, it says in verse 28, back in the village, she told the people, come see a man who knew all about the things I did, who knows me inside and out. Do you think this could be the Messiah? And they went out to see for themselves. See, that, that connection with Jesus, that short beginning of relationship with him, she was different. And even though she had received the look, she knew that she had received the love. She knew 
that she had value. She knew that what had just happened to her was going to change her life forever. She's different. She's And when we've had an encounter with Jesus, we're different. Or we certainly should be different, right? <laughs> I mean, we all have moments. I, I have moments. This past week, our, this past week, our, um, our skylight in our 100-plus-year-old house suddenly began leaking and it's never leaked before in the 12 years we lived there. And we're supposed to close on the house in the next week. And I was just freaking out. I'm not going to lie to you, man. I, w- I did not have the right mindset. So I, so, I mean, I know we all have those moments. And my beautiful wife, she just, she comes up. She goes, come here. Let me, give me a hug. Come here and give me a hug. And <laughs> she was so calm. And she, give me a hug. And, and let's pray. And we prayed. And it, I mean, it changed everything. But she saw I was, was in a moment. The um, reason, reason I went there is 99.8% of the time, people should see that transformation that Jesus has done in us. And, and the way to get there is to spend time with him, friends. Spend time with him before you start your day. Spend time with him during your day. Spend time with him. Get in the right place so that when you're in the right place later, because you will be, don't misinterpret this. The strangers that you meet, the people that you meet at work, at school, in your neighborhood, they did not come across your path by coincidence. They came across your path because Jesus wants to speak into their life through you. You have an opportunity to make an impression, an impression that transforms lives like the impression that Jesus made on this Samaritan woman. The great end to the story is verse 39. It says, Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. That impression on that one woman that he was not supposed to be talking to. And most of the town came to know Jesus. And that's how God does it. See, the thing is, They saw the transformation in her life, and now they wanted what she had, right? And when people you have relationship with, people that you come into contact with, see what Jesus has done in you, it draws them to him. You know, I know that he died for me to forgive my sins, to wash me clean. I know that he healed me of an incurable disease and I I reap great benefits from that. But I also know he did those things because his intention is to use me and to use you. You know your testimony. His intention is to use you to bring transformation to lives. 
He didn't do it just for you. Yes, we get the benefits. We get the benefits and we rejoice in that and we worship him for that. But his intention is to use us to draw others to him. Now, maybe you're here this morning and, and you're saying, Pastor Bob, I'm not sure I have a personal relationship with Jesus. We can take care of that right now. It, it is not a difficult thing. In fact, I, I'm just going to encourage us to do that. I want to give the opportunity. I'm just going to encourage everybody, just bow your heads. Nobody's looking around. Nobody needs to see what anybody else is doing. But maybe you're here this morning and you're saying, Pastor Bob, this thing you've been talking about, this real relationship, I'm not sure I have this and, and I want this. I'm just going to encourage you to just look up at me real quick. Look up at me real quick. Awesome. 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 All right. Here's, here's what we're going to do before we go any further. I'm just going to ask everybody to pray this prayer with me out loud. Heavenly Father, I recognize my need for Jesus. Jesus, I thank you for dying for my sins. Thank you that you love me enough to come for me. Jesus, I pray that your Holy Spirit would fill me to the overflowing that I would be able to tell everyone what you've done in my life. Amen. And woohoo! There, there was a multiple of people. Now, now, here's the thing. You, you have something everybody wants. I ain't got something everybody wants. No, you, you have something everybody wants. They may not know they want it, but they want it. And it's relationship with Jesus. Your story with Jesus matters. What has Jesus done in you in, in this past week, this past month, this past year? When you've listened to their story and, and you've paid attention to their story and you've interacted with them, then say to them, could I tell you part of my story? And share with them what Jesus has done in you. Who do you know and you do know someone. <laughs> you know someone, don't you? No. Who do you know who is looking for relationship? Who do you know who is looking for a real relationship? Not just another church. Because nobody needs another church. They, who do you know who needs a relationship? Are you looking forward to your next encounter with a stranger? I, I drew a blank for a second there. I apologize. I'm back now. 
I was thinking for just a second there, I'm an introvert. When you guys get to know me, the real me, you'll know that I'm an introvert. Once I've heard your name and I've had a conversation with you for more than 30 seconds, I become a very functional introvert and I become extroverted. <laughs> so when I, when I make that statement, are you excited about the next stranger you're going to meet? Inside, I went, <laughs> it's true, because <laughs> that's how I respond. But then I say, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, give me the boldness. Give me the confidence. Give me the ability to just put my hand out and shake their hand, because that's all I have to do. Once I've shook their hand, asked their name, boom, I'm an extrovert. I can, I can, I can communicate. I can be with them. So, so who do you know? Who is, who's the next stranger you're going to have an encounter with? I encourage you to stand up, and we're going to close this morning with the things that we are going to do. And when I say we, I mean you and me, all of us, the things that we are going to do. We're going to look for opportunities to share what Jesus has done in us. We're going to look for opportunities to share what he's done in us. I would encourage you to do this. In your prayer time in the morning, just say, Holy Spirit, will you bring someone across my path today that I can talk about what Jesus has done in my life? We're going to think about the impression that we make on others. Are we making an impression that they go away and they say, wow, I want what they have. Now, don't be fake. That's not, part of that impression is being, being transparent, being real. You know, it, lovers of Jesus, friends, we still have trials, right? We still have difficulties. We still have struggles. I'm not telling you to pretend. What I'm telling you to do is in the midst of those things, to say, you know what, right now I am, I'm, man, I'm going through this tough thing. But I know, I know that Jesus is going to get me on the other side. I know God's going to deliver me. His word says he's going to heal me. He's going to provide. He's going to, whatever it is. And you know what? God's going to take care of my leaky skylight. But my immediate gut response was, freak out, freak out, freak out, freak out. And I don't do that very often. My wife will tell you that. So we, we all do it. We're going to continually offer Jesus as the answer. We're going to offer Jesus as the answer, the relationship that everybody needs. And we're going to show the love of Jesus to the people of our city in practical ways. You know, just... Truthfully, just being nice to people, genuinely nice to people, draws them to Jesus. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you in a practical way how to do that with the people you work with, the people you live near, all of those things. And we're going to be an active part of building His kingdom. Not our kingdom, not People Church kingdom his kingdom. Father, this morning we thank you for the opportunities that you give us. Holy Spirit, open our eyes to 
Open our eyes to the opportunities. Give us a supernatural boldness and a confidence to to ask people their story. Give us the ability to listen and to build relationship with them. And then Jesus, as, as the opportunity presents itself, and we ask if we can share our story. Thank you that you will give us the boldness and the confidence, the ability to share it. We don't need to have something practiced. We don't need to have something that we know by rote. What we need is to share what you have done in us. Holy Spirit, give us the confidence to know that you will give us the words that we need in the moment. Jesus, this morning, we just thank you for all you've done in our lives. We thank you for your hand upon us. I ask you this morning, Jesus, for people who are in this place, people who are, who are watching us this morning online, who need healing, Lord Jesus, would you stretch your hand out to them this morning? You know exactly what they need. I ask that you would heal their bodies. Do a miracle that only you can do. Confuse the doctors. And God, that there would be testimonies that would come forth of healing from people in this room, people who have watched online, that it would sweep across this region that you, Jesus, are real. You still heal. You still deliver. You still wipe our sins away. Bless these this morning as they go. Encourage them today in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Woo!